0: Hello, I'm Anthony Santa. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. And this is Fusion Health Radio, Episode 43, Functional Medicine 101.
1: Welcome to Fusion Health Radio, your source for inspiration, information, and insight on what it really takes and what really matters on your journey to abundant health.
0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fusion Health Radio. I'm Anthony Santa, in studio today with Dr. Michael Smith. Michael, how are you today? Pretty good. Good to have you here, because yep. I couldn't do this without you. That
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be weird trying to do this on our, on our
0: own. <laughs> I think so. Uh, Fusion Health Radio is the Health, Lifestyle, and Mindset podcast, and uh, this is our 43rd episode. This time, we're talking about something that's um, very much a part of the way Michael sees things in and around health, functional medicine. Um, Michael, what is... Uh, And I know this is the big question for the day, what is functional medicine, but um,
1: can you give people just a sort of
0: quick answer as to what functional medicine is?
1: It's an approach to applying medical science, um, evidence-based information from lab testing, um, primarily to focus on assessing what you would call the root cause of dysfunction. So illnesses uh, or syndromes are often referred to as a constellation of symptoms. So if you look in the sky, if you only saw one star, it'd be like, ooh, it's starry out. <laughs> but because we have what we call constellations, you know, a whole bunch of stars in a recognizable shape, um, you know, that gives us a kind of a pattern for recognition. So. So, so a lot of people could have a diagnosis of psoriasis and two or three other things. The root cause as to why each person, you know, and you could probably have 50 people with 50 different combinations of of uh, changes in in functional physiology. What functional medicine does is it tries and picks the most um, noticeable source of dysfunction and focuses on reducing anything that's actually damaging that process while gradually supporting the way that process is meant to work. And there's lots of details to what that would look like. But what's kind of almost obvious is symptoms are the what. The root pathology in each person is the why. And we could even say that about mindset, the mental blocks you have are the what, you know, the story, the reaction, the whatever, the deep rooted conditioning and belief system is the why. Hmm. So if you get in there and start uh, reverse engineering what's going on a little bit and start applying uh, active uh, support and the removal of uh, more erosive factors, the why goes away. So obviously the what just goes away too. Hmm. You
0: know? and, and, and
1: before we get too far along
0: in this conversation, I think it's important to understand that functional medicine is, um, I guess, different than what most people would experience in terms of any kind of uh, healthcare that they've had uh, with, I guess, traditional uh, allopathic or Western-style medicine,
1: right? Well, in a way, it's very similar in the sense that you go to someone who's qualified to work with you on that level. Uh, we are trying to figure out biomedically what's going on with, you know, either a uh, very specific, what are called correlative questionnaires where you could spend an hour, you know, on basically a database version of questionnaires saying, okay, you know, my poop is this good or bad. You know, you fill out the dots and uh, at the end of that questionnaire, there's sort of like a, a, an algorithm built into the way the questionnaire is made for computers, where at the end of it, it just tells you, you know, you probably have 30% of active endocrine function, or this hormone is really not doing its job, or this neurotransmitter is probably not clearing properly just because of a constellation of symptoms that are in these big questionnaires. Uh, obviously, if we're doing lab tests, and we're going to get into lots of different opportunities of how that looks today, just the same as with what I usually lovingly call the white coats, Um, you know, as standard of care, they're doing the same thing. It's just they're doing what they call evidence-based medicine to try and ensure that the diagnostic criteria that they're coming up with is measurable, consistent, and happy for the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies to kind of haggle over what it costs to treat that diagnosable condition. Mm. So on that level, it's kind of the same thing. But honestly, it's a profoundly different experience because when you go in to see someone with a functional medicine practice, you probably will have already spent an hour filling out those perhaps annoying, but profoundly worth it, uh, deep, uh, correlative questionnaires. And then as the conversation goes usually for an hour to 90 minutes through your entire medical history, from everything that happened while you were gestating to what happened when you were born to everything that happened to you as a kid, all the way up to what's going on now and uh, other historical factors, as well as a a natural, I think it's just intuitive, because in functional medicine you're working on the why, a big part of your investigation is getting to know the who. You know, who is the one who's gonna be uh, dealing with, you know, maybe a restrictive diet or a supplement protocol or uh, those things. So it's very inclusive of the whole person. And it's very individualized because with functional medicine, you could have a hundred people with the same diagnosis and you're gonna probably think of it like gold panning where you're gonna shake it and things settle. You might find 10 people uh, with 10 completely different root causes um, of that hundred people. You know, I don't think it would ever wash out that evenly, but it's just to say the point of functional medicine is to say, biomedically, we can get pretty accurate information about the biology. And because we're not trying to look at to ascertain a fixed name diagnosis to fill out a form, we're just like reverse engineering detectives. We just want to figure out what the heck went wrong for you. And that's going to include your mindset, your psychology, or uh, life history, your relationship history. Obviously, your diet and, you know, how many car accidents you've been into, or if you've had any serious addiction, or you used to work in a stained glass factory while doing, I don't know, felt hats with mercury on the side, you know, <laughs> you know, are you, you live in a, say, uh, you know, say where I grew up and stuff, The, you know, the, the water in certain parts of say the reservation system in Canada is terrible, you know? So if you grew up drinking tainted water your entire life and nobody knew, you know, those are the things you eventually have to unravel. Mm. So in a way it's parallel to standard of medicine because we're trying to investigate in a similar paradigm It's just we approach it in a profoundly different way because we're not interested in the diagnosis. We're interested in the root cause for you. And it's going to be a complex of of things, not just, you know, you used to smoke crack or something. Hmm.
0: And and would you say that, uh, I mean, just the name itself, uh, functional, uh, to me makes me think if this is the functional medicine, if they're calling this functional medicine, is there some sort of uh, um, an innuendo there that any other kind of medicine would be dysfunctional?
1: Um, you know, I think that's a really great thing to bring up because it's absolutely got nothing to do with the perspective of functional medicine because we're not interested in the big statistical, you know, piece of the pie or whatever. It's completely, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's very much more like a science slash art because it it isn't meant to be a standardized thing. So comparing something that's meant to be individual to a standardized thing is kind of like two different languages. Mm Mm-hmm right? So functional just has to do with the idea of what is the dysfunction? Because if we can take the dysfunction and return it to function, that's the functional medicine part. Okay. And that's that's what we do. That's And it's what's interesting to me as a doctor of Chinese medicine, uh, and I've said this probably 20 times in the show already, is functional medicine is basically Chinese medicine with a microscope. Right. Because it's the same perspective, root cause, systems interaction, and I'll get into kind of clear ways to understand that. But it's basically, that's, it's Chinese medicine with the microscope.
0: And is that to say that uh, functional medicine would be um, uh, better for some things than, I guess, uh, say Western
1: medicine? Well, Western medicine is really like a rock star when it comes to triage care, you know, car accidents, you know, acute infections, uh, you know, psychiatric breaks where you basically have to just shut off cognition for a weekend to chill out or something. You know, so um, there's, I mean, that that's their ballywick. I mean, we can obviously, I think, ascertain or just through common sense look back and go, wow, they're really not very good at this whole chronic, degenerative, autoimmune, subtle thing. Because their perspective is the pharma perspective, which is, do we have to cut it out or patch it back together again? Or do we have to drug it into um, a kind of metabolic control state? Hmm. Right, so just a really different approach to um, capacity. And the thing that's, I don't know, the thing that's dysfunctional about modern medicine is modern medicine isn't meant to do what it's trying to do. So functional medicine is coming along saying, I think we're going to try and take over the thing that you're not functioning at. Know, that's a tongue-in-cheek to just keep saying functional. But. <laughs> Um, cause Western medicine is dysfunctional or chronic disease. They, they do not think prevention. They do not think diet, lifestyle exercise. I mean, they, they might speak to it out of the mouth, you know, while they hand you the prescription, but, and you could try and get fit or something and you know, take your pill. Right. Right. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying a lot of doctors, they're overworked. They have seven minutes. It's, it's like a self-defense class, you know, duck and weave, get, get through the day. They're, they're not thinking, okay, I'm going to sit down for 90 minutes with this, you know, new friend I'm going to spend probably a year getting to know, and start reverse engineering what the heck went wrong and where and why and how
0: it uh in my experience of uh, dealing with you as a patient uh, those years ago when i was doing that um i was actually looking forward to having a conversation with somebody mm. um because that's nothing that i'd ever had with any kind of medical professional before and if i ever had it was always um far removed from anything that um I guess, made sense. I remember uh, going to see a specialist. Um, I was referred to a specialist um, and having the thought that, okay, you don't know what you're talking about to the doctor. And you think this guy's going to know any better because he knows even less about me than you do. Mm-hmm. Like, it just didn't make sense that the specialist was actually looking at, at the time I had um, what the guy called chilblains, mm-hmm. and uh, which were uh, for the sake of our listeners and viewers, uh, chill were these little small blisters that would sort of pop up on my fingers, around the uh, pads of my fingers, uh, I'd get them on my toes and stuff. And um, the doctors, the specialists, you know, sort of looked at those, just looked at them at, from the surface and said, well, it's October, you're living in Vancouver, it's kind of damp outside, start wearing long underwear, you know, see you later next.
1: And that was a specialist?
0: Yeah. Whoa. Because he didn't, he didn't know. And I was like, at that point, even at that point in my, uh, I guess, uh, medical career, you know, trying to self-diagnose <laughs> and trying to figure stuff out, um, I was like, but there's got to be a reason why. What's the thing that turns this thing on? Mm-hmm. What makes this happen so I can not do that anymore? And I wasn't sure what, and eventually I figured out what it was, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, diet-related. And uh, now I don't eat those foods, and those things don't happen anymore. And if they do, I'm kind of like, whoa, wow. And if they come back uh, because I've taken care of my health, if if I get any kind of recurrence or so, that sort of thing, it's maybe, you know, a fraction of a fraction as severe as it used to be. Mm-hmm. I no longer have to carry around band-aids in my pockets because every <laughs> every time I would touch something, I'd, I'd, you know, bust one of these little blisters and start bleeding all over the place. It was gross. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Thanks for the
1: imagery though. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, so so um, we, we've come to this podcast here, the, you know, the, the title of it is Functional Medicine 101, and, mm. and I've sort of wanted to sort of illustrate what the idea around functional medicine is, um, but there's more to say. This is a podcast with me and you. We don't usually sit here for about 10 minutes. We have a lot more to say. How did you want to sort of introduce this idea, and where did you want to take this conversation today?
1: Well, I think I would just share my journey with it quickly um so I've been in practice since 1996 legally and a bit before that almost legally (laughs) in terms of how medical licensing works and all that um I'm a really avid researcher and I'm relatively intelligent so I'm naturally cynical and wanting to make sure that people who sound like they think they know what they're talking about know what they're talking about so I just have that and a natural reflex, which is that sounds interesting. I'm going to go and be sure. And obviously, now with the internet and everything, it's it's. I'm trying not to make references to being a pig and poop or something, but it's a pretty <laughs> happy place for people like me. Um, but way back in the day, when I was focusing primarily on Chinese medicine and then choosing to teach Chinese medicine. And we built that, uh, the Academy of Classical Oriental Sciences. It was the first five-year full-time doctoral program in Chinese medicine that actually included a psychiatric uh, part, uh, sports medicine part, a few other things uh, in Canada, if not in the Western world. So it was, I mean, the idea was we're going to make the harbor Harvard of Chinese medicine in, in this little mountain town in Canada. And that's, in fact, what we actually did. Um, but if you're one of the co-founders of the Harvard of Chinese medicine, you're well, that would be me. <laughs> you're just going to keep trying to figure out how to make Chinese medicine more available to the Western world. Because hmm. you know? I came at Chinese medicine studying to be a Taoist priest, so for me it was kind of like almost a, a culty thing. It was—I keep saying this—it was a phase. I was young, uh, <laughs> but so I, I was—you know—the baby in the woods, and I had taken on that those traditional understandings as as literally as anybody could. I mean, you're I was pretty much your typical deer in the headlights kind of hippie at this time, really. (laughs) Um, But as I started getting, obviously, more in-depth and more serious about um, what a professor of medicine, in terms of Chinese medicine in the modern world, should be looking at, the thing that uh, makes me kind of reflect on that process is how maybe 20 years ago, the first thing that came up in terms of other options, we called alternative medicine. And that's what people call Chinese medicine. Oh, it's alternative. And instead of it being alternative, like, you know, I want to have my steak medium well or my steak medium rare, it was more like I'm never gonna eat steak or I'm gonna eat steak. So the idea of alternative became like anti. Hmm. Right. And here I was trying to find a way to bring Chinese medicine into a more collaborative relationship. Cause at that time, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the head, but and I, I I am a bit shy about it because I was twenty eight years old and I had just finished my own training and here I am giving lectures to doctors and psychiatrists and nursing departments in you know, hospitals. I'm like, <laughs> but also as the thinking person, I'm like, there's got to be ways to interact better with you know our competition. And again, that was because we thought of ourselves as our alternative because that was the way it was said. You know, and then eventually it became complementary around, you know, 1988, 99, where I was like, okay, I think we're allowed to work together. It's just that the people who are scientists don't believe in anything we do. They just think their patients believe in it enough that it's not a waste of time called the placebo effect. But at least we were now, I don't know, in the same marina, maybe not in the same boat. Hmm. And eventually it went from complimentary to an uh, andro wheel and a bunch of other people came out and said, why don't we call this integrative medicine and start teaching Western doctors aromatherapy or some basic energy medicine or, I don't know, some basic acupuncture or stuff like that. So for the first few years, you know, up until, I don't know, it was probably about 99, 2000 when the whole integrative thing really started to move. And weirdly enough, at the very same time, um, and this was, you know, the end of the Cold War and the gradual <clears throat> breakdown of a lot of the isolationist kind of things around scientific research. So at the same time, integrative medicine was actually becoming an okay thing to be interested in if you're a hippie doctor or a straight doctor, but at least you're really learning some stuff and trying to help people. At the same time, all these research physiologists were are suddenly like across the world sharing all of their research and information, going like. You know, instead of thinking like you know the us versus russia versus china versus japan about all the shenanigans politics seem to be about all of a sudden everyone's got this massive amount of metadata and correlative research saying there's some background noise that's consistent across many illnesses and maybe we should start investigating those really deep consistent you know measurable markers or changes in hormone levels changes in inflammatory you know things um, metabolic adaptive thing like a dis- insulin resistance becomes much more of a, a measurable phenomena than we, you know, finally Western medicine says, okay, we'll call it syndrome X, you know, or, or insulin resistance. And all of a sudden it became this groundswell of a whole bunch of research physiologists teaching clinicians how to think about being doctors, hmm. right? Which is, um, I mean, in a way, it was like uh, a huge rebirth in in the ability to think because Chinese medicine's always been like that. Each individual has their own, you know, status of internal organs and internal, uh, call them, I don't know, batteries, if you will, how meridians work and a bunch of other things. So it's always been the assumption with, you know, Chinese medicine, who are you, how's it going and what's really happening? Mm -hmm. So now we have all these new moving pictures of physiology and new lab tests to play with a kind of consent amongst different kinds of doctors if it's chiropractors naturopaths you know standard mds uh, a few tcm doctors were you know had enough scientific background to play along all of a sudden we're all having the same conversation using the same tools and then the word functional came into being so it was about around the year 2000 i was studying the and I, i i wish i actually had them in my hand uh, the first textbooks on functional medicine were like three, 400 page stacked photocopied research documents in a Sirlock kind of binder, you know, those little spinning mm-hmm. plastic binders. And I think the first three or four textbooks we got, and they went back to, I think, 1994 or five was when they first really started compiling it. So there I was around the year 2000 researching madly at this whole new thing and then getting into more nutraceutical uh, high-end sort of supplements with with patients in my clinic, as well as Chinese herbs and acupuncture, and then you know I was I think two thousand and one I started teaching functional medicine as uh, a kind of cleansing process, rejuvenation process, and um, I, this is just a funny thing to share, but it was about two thousand and one, two thousand two, when the Functional Medicine Institute, who had been producing all of this com- kind of like. Uh, organized research from all over the world said you know what if you're a doctor and you've been kind of on the team and you've been researching and helping and trying out our protocols if you give us i think it was 249 dollars us we'll send you a certificate you can put on the wall of your clinic just saying you know you're you're a certified functional medicine (laughs) ally or whatever they called it so so did you get one of those and hang it beside the one it's one one of the biggest biggest mistakes of my entire career (laughs) (laughs) just because of how funny it would have been to like Buy a, buy a certificate that just says, "Well, I'm interested in this stuff too," and it adds nothing to my actual license or my. But it looks know, good insurance. on your wall, Michael. Come but on. it would have looked great. You know, yeah. now it would be fifteen thousand dollars and a whole bunch of weekends and hotels to to get certified with those guys. Um, <laughs> but I've been working with them since the get go, hmm. yeah. and um, again, been teaching it since two thousand and one. So the reason I bring it up in that kind of arc is because a lot of people probably listening to this are still somewhere on the arc of there's straight medicine and there's anti-straight medicine. And then there may be something that's complementary and then maybe we can trust something integrative and, and or you're aware that maybe starting with integrative is probably the, the wiser thing. And then, you know, going into a deeper dive with functional medicine and then the deeper dive is just because we have access to the most modern leading edge lab tests on almost every, aspect of, of diagnosable medicine. And we don't use it to diagnose because that's not our job. We're detectives. We're here to figure out what happened to you, not what to call it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that just rings so true for me. I mean, that was kind of, as I alluded to with that other little story of mine, you know, the, the, the whole premise for me was like, what the heck makes this thing tick? You know, why is this actually itchy? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. not, you know, I already know what to do to make it stop itching, stop scratching. And I want to know why it's itchy,
1: <laughs> right? So... Yeah, so about four, was it? I guess it's 2018 now, so this would have been six, seven years ago. I started actively actually teaching uh, functional medicine in a more specific way, and I developed my own kind of model and uh, approach to it. And then a few years after that, I decided to recertify with a lot of modern lab tests because I had kind of fallen into the rut of you know, what I like to do. And I took a training called functional diagnostic nutrition. Uh, which is available and i would encourage anyone interested in um, <clears throat> if you're a licensed healthcare practitioner or not you could still go through that training and be able to work with you know patients or clients um, in a really legit and really effective way hmm. so we will figure out a way to get links to the show notes for. I'll put a page up on my website so people Sorry, can what track did you call it again down. it was the functional diagnostic nutrition going to write that down it's actually a really really um, well, I'll just share the story as it happened. So a friend of mine, um, he's sort of a big, uh, internet guru guys named Sean Croxton. And I was following his work and doing some of the trainings he had put together. And because of how affiliate marketing works, he was saying, okay, here's my friend Reed Davis. He invented FDN or functional diagnostic nutrition. And Sean had taken that course, you know, years before and he was promoting the course. And I was like, wow, these guys are great they're funny they're real they're uh, they're doing a conversation very much like the one you and i are doing now and i thought well if i buy into this course my friend sean gets some money this cool guy reed gets some money i get sort of you know some new certification on all these modern lab tests and i have to say when i first started looking into the training and going through the modules and stuff a part of me is i mean as a doctor uh, professor, smart guy, whatever. I was just like, man, this is pretty medicine light. This is pretty like you, there's a lot of stuff that people aren't going to be learning that they might need to know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of sort of, I don't know, my, my love of it kind of waned a little bit. Um, and then I decided, okay, I'm just going to sit down and really, you know, instead of trying to learn this based on what I think, I'm just going to sit down for a weekend and really dive into where this guy's coming from. And it was one of the, best decisions I made to just sit back and and pay attention to another clinician's point of view, and it turned out to be one of the smartest ways to organize people who don't have the five years of physiology stuffed into your head, but how to really use um, informationally uh, very valuable kind of lab tests not focusing on an actual diagnosis, but just being able to look at a person and say, look, these are these numbers, which means this is how much is going wrong or right or left or right or something within your metabolism around whatever we're looking at. And you're not diagnosing someone. It's just like walking by a person's car and taking a little snapshot or a selfie saying, dude, look, there's a dent in the hood. Anyone can see the dent in the hood. You look at this piece of paper, you look at this picture, there's a dent in your hood. So maybe an opportunity to work on making your car feel driver look a little better would be to get the dent out of your hood. Hmm. So it was interesting to me to see someone training people to be clinically effective while removing the whole hijinks around diagnosis and prescriptions and a certain kind of abstract part of clinical behavior, because anybody can take a picture of your car and say, dude, there's a dent in the hood. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, it was a bit of a transition for me. And, um, I went through and finished the training. I, I'm kind of I I don't know, conditionally, I'm at some point gonna be helping co-mentor some of the the students when I get time to do that. But it's a really, really streamlined way of just asking people layer by layer, this is a really smart way to just, you know, pop the hood, dent it or not, and see what else is going on mm-hmm. within every system of the body. So that's been a really fun few years for me is to to actually see, instead of looking at every patient, in, in like an, uh, like popping open the entire encyclopedia and flipping through every letter to try and finally figure out of all the things that can happen, what's going on with you, with the FDN approach, you're basically going, okay, it's probably in the top 10, which is why we call it the top 10. So let's start with the top one, two, three, and then work our way through that. And you get enough of a moving picture of what's you know bonkered in terms of dysfunction that you know, you're, you're going to help people. And, you know, you're doing the same thing. If you're a doctor, you're probably just doing it, pulling your hair out a little more because you're, you're not focusing on the top 10. You're trying to figure out everything. Hmm.
0: Well, you know, as you describe these sort of, um, process of what, uh, you go through in terms of how it is you actually approach patients, um, that come to see you. Um, it just makes me wonder what, um, what patients are normally like when they come to see you, because their uh, history, their medical history, whatever it is, um, not their medical history, their um, their experience of medicine mm-hmm. has probably been the Western experience of medicine. So when they come to, if somebody comes to see you as a as a as a patient, um, do you sort of sit down and say, um, this appointment
1: is going to be a little bit longer? It might last a year or two. <laughs> uh, you should probably say that instead of two to two and a half hours, but. <laughs> Okay, that, that would usually also include acupuncture. So if I'm doing like a consult with somebody for sure, functional minutes, sure. it's about 90 minutes. Just right. FYI.
0: But, but I mean, uh, and I guess I'm asking that because yeah. I'm, I'm taking the, uh, the... The answer makes me feel like a bit of a twit. Well, from, from, from the podcast listener perspective, mm. somebody who's uh, this far into our podcast, if they've been listening to the previous 42 episodes, mm-hmm. um, or to somebody who's directly, you know, they just popped in, they saw, hey, functional medicine, medicine, that sounds kind of interesting click play like Mm. they're dropping into this whole idea of functional medicine yep
1: so i'm just gonna say what i would say is when you ask about patient response to their subjective experience of being a patient especially with respect to western medicine standard care um the number of times i've sat in a room with people and watched them well up with tears and this isn't about me i mean i'm think of me as like a google bot or something in the sense of i'm a source of information and good questions but the number of people who've actually like, said, I had no idea, I've spent six years, I've spent $10,000, I've traveled to you know this other country or whatever, you're the first person who explained like A, B, C, D, what happened, why, probably when, how, what to do about it, how long it's going to take, and also have a really good conversation about what it's going to be like for you from the inside out as a human being, as an egoic self, as a reactive self, as a learning self how you're going to navigate, you know, two, four, six, eight months, two years, whatever it's going to be to resolve the main dysfunction and any peripheral dysfunctions that are going on around that. Mm. So it's, you know, it's a big thing, but I always feel weird talking about that because it seems like in a way I'm being arrogant, but I'm also just being totally bluntly honest. I mean, when you speak to someone who's authentically curious about you and what's really going on and they happen to know what they're talking about, that will be the first person you meet, probably a functional medicine person who sits down with you and says, has anyone actually explained to you what's really going on and why and how and what you should do about that and why and how? Hmm. And a lot of people just literally there's tears coming down the side of their face. Like I had no idea this was an experience that was possible in a clinical environment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just me, it's most people in functional medicine.
0: Right. And um, I guess that it it sounds like people are open to the whole idea. I mean, I I know I was because I was already there and Mm -hmm. you were just, you know, the, hey, Alexa, you know, like you were the little smart speaker at the other end of the room that (laughs) I could talk to and just ask questions to, right?
1: That's that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. I just suddenly made sense of about two hours of social media in the last (laughs) week. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Any <time>. <laughs> Anytime, <laughs> Anthony, the tech guru, he
0: will save you time. Not only do I produce this audio. Anyways, um, so if, if people are coming to you, um, with this sort of, uh, openness and curiosity around things, um, I guess, where do people actually find more, um, functional medicine in their everyday lives? Because, you know, we live in a pretty small, remote town in the middle of uh, the Kootenays. Uh, you know, in the Rockies. I think are we the Rockies? I don't know. Some, somewhere near some mountains <coughs> in Purcells. and Purcells. Yeah, thank you, Purcells in in BC. So, uh, and I tripped over you, literally. <laughs> yeah i still got a scar <laughs> so how do how, how do how do people who are listening to this going wow this actually sounds kind of exciting and like where do
1: they find functional medicine in in their world like who well, i mean i think if you just typed in functional medicine you know denver colorado you'd get a whole bunch of clinic addresses it's the same thing if you type in acupuncture miami florida you're going to get the so, best rated acupuncture clinic
0: so I, I i guess i'm i'm asking that because i'm um you know, as you're progressing through your story and that sort of stuff, this still all sounds like it's relatively new to the whole uh, world of medicine to be thinking and diagnosing this way and, and We're treating. Not diagnosing, that's or, sorry. completely uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> or working with patients in this way, right? Um, so I'm just thinking that, you know, are people going to have to be flying to nelson in order to talk to
1: you uh, no most functional medicine people actually operate uh, a lot of their practice virtually because if you can fill out those questionnaires um and again there's the programming behind them that gives us a lot of really insightful information from them um you know if i have a patient that i'm dealing with uh through the internet uh first thing i do is i pop up their you know the Forgot the name of the file type, but it's basically a database with all these questionnaire values lined up. And I'm like going, "Oh, okay." So neurologically, this person's in this much trouble, okay. you know, hormonally, digestively, toxically, inflammation, you know, other things. Uh, I already have a kind of a moving picture of their metabolism. You know, we haven't popped the hood and really started di- um, uh, discerning exactly, you know, any particular values of of interaction within the body, but we're just looking at some pretty loud tendencies. So, again, with me or anybody else, once a person has a good sense of where to start, then they're going to start asking you a whole bunch of personal questions, subjective questions about, you know, your poop and your pee and your sleep and Mm -hmm. other things that are happening for you. Um, And usually, especially even if a person's in the clinic or if I'm seeing them through the internet, uh, the next step is to get them their lab tests. So we send them kits. So I give, one a, here. I mean, here, Fred, here's your kit. Go home and do this on Sunday and then mail it on Monday. Or I mail it to somebody across the country and say, okay, take this test on Sunday and mail it on Monday. And uh, once I get the results back from the lab, I mean, it's it's basically a very similar interface to this thing we're doing here. So instead of me and you on the screen, there's going to be me and you and then me flipping my screen back and forth between your lab results and a few uh, graphs that help you understand if it's steroid pathways or exactly how your lab test fits into um the progress of a say a syndrome or something like that and that way you know your the, the experience is not different I mean you could be sitting in the room where I'm mm. scribbling my little scribbles um on a table you know between us in a room or I could be pointing with my mouse at the same information on a screen in a computer and we're in the same room virtually and then we send you a protocol Mm -hmm. so if I was gonna if you're in the office with me well since I've been a little more organized lately uh, I would just email you your entire protocol so that uh, you can see how to start how many to take what to add after a week after two weeks or whatever so that you don't have to keep seeing me all the time especially with you know functional medicine it's pretty high end in the sense of cost so you don't want to be um, seeing a functional medicine person every week, it's more like every month or two where you, you stick with your protocol, then you reassess or retest, uh, if things aren't going well, you get a hold of them for a short appointment and, uh you know, but it's usually, um, I don't know, I think the average cost for most people in the space of years, one to $2,000, including lab tests, consultations, um anything that's kind of tricky or specialized. And of course, you know, pitching in for better diet and supplements.
0: Yeah. And just as you say that, I don't want to get into anything um, too political or anything like mm-hmm. that. But when you say expensive, um, I hear that as a Canadian because I don't pay for medical care in the same way that our listeners do, right? Yeah, I know.
1: That's, that's the thing I was thinking about just last night when I was trying to sort of frame how to communicate this thing. Cause we are very entitled and very tight-fisted in Canada, when it comes to someone, you know, say like me with doing functional medicine, for them to come in and say, what? I can get this test done with my doctor. And I'm like, try. And Mm. if you can, that would be great. But a lot of these tests are, you know, five, seven, ten years ahead of what uh, any insurance-based healthcare would pay for, because they want years of double-blind studies and dead rats and peer-reviewed articles to say, absolutely, that's going to save us a lot of money, Mm. right? So... Although you're going to have to pay out of pocket in Canada, there are a lot of, um, in the US, there are a lot of kinds of insurance and I have no idea honestly how it works, you know, even it's 120 miles away (laughs) or less um exactly how the model works but i know a lot of people have extended insurance that pays for the functional medicine lab tests and will even take uh, on a certain amount of the the cost for uh certain kinds of nutraceuticals if they're clinically proven to help that person with you know their Mm -hmm. diagnosis
0: well and and i guess i'm just um uh, curious because i know we have the bulk of our listeners um uh, aren't necessarily canadian Mm um i think it goes uh, u.s australia and then place else they listen.
1: Yeah, So I mean, again, I apologize not having much uh, sense of exactly how that works down there, but I, I wanted to bring up another thing too. So uh, type in functional medicine, your town, you know, make some calls. If you have some kind of insurance, however it works, call them, ask them if, if that's something that they deal with. If not, I, I don't know this for sure, but you know, the, again, because the state's paying out of pocket or having big insurance, uh, covering it for you that you're also paying for out of pocket. That's sort of a more standard relationship. So Mm -hmm. because of that, a lot of bigger clinics will say, okay, instead of giving us a big, you know, fat stack of cash right now, let's just, you know, sign you up for kind of a, so much a month for the next year so that we can get you into this and, and keep you going. And you'll still have enough cash on hand to buy that organic fish. Well, most fish is organic, but, uh, you know, grass fed beef or, you know, uh, whatever else you need, or some really, really good supplements, because that's usually the biggest expense for people, right? The other thing that I would say, if you're looking to access functional medicine, um, type in your particular diagnosis, and then type in functional medicine, and then type in summit, or series, or sessions, or uh, something, and... Um, I'm all excited, actually. I just found out this yesterday. I'm going to be one of the doctor sort of specialists on a summit coming up in a couple of months, um, which is exciting. So hold that thought for a second. Are you saying that there are other um, uh, people like
0: us that are producing content directly related to a particular uh, illness?
1: Yeah. So this, if I go back to, say, Sean Croxon, he, he was like the world champion because he started off with... I think it was the Paleo Summit and it was the Sexy Back Stomach, which is about fertility and, you know, fun sex. And then he got into, um, he had enough people basically buying these 20 or 30 hour long profound deep dives with 20 or 30 different clinicians or specialists or activists or even patients who'd figured some really amazing things out. He just interviewed them all. And he got so much response, he had enough money to start filming them. So the last two or three he did were like high-definition video interviews, like watching, you know, some evening. It was amazingly well-produced. It it was, I mean, I have so much respect for that guy. I've actually met him. I partied in his house a while ago. It's really, really, he's a great guy. But, you know, he kind of formatted the model for that. Right? So if you're wanting to say, you know, I've got, I've got these thyroid problems. You go in there and you type in thyroid sessions and for 40 bucks, you could get 20 hours of the people in the planet who specialize in every part of that and can explain everything from the gluten part to the, what a Cyrex lab or A4 means or all these other things that could help a patient sit down and go, I know more than most medical doctors do now about the complex issue of thyroid disease. Mm. Because in Canada, not to spank Canada's healthcare, it's free. <laughs> Can't spank <laughs> that too hard. Um, if you're going to test for a thyroid, you, you're only allowed to one test because it's sort of like welfare medicine. The government only wants to pay for what it thinks it has to. Mm-hmm. And then if your TSH is whacked out, well, then maybe they'll test for T3, T4. And then and if they're auto-whacked, then they might test for Y. But if your TSH is fine, they're going to say your thyroid's fine. Even when it might not be. It's... God, it's so so 1980s to say that, <laughs> <laughs> right? So as, you know, in correlation, if you went to a functional medicine person after, say, researching the, thyro- the thyroid sessions or whatever, saying, I want that T7 test that I heard, you know, you know, that really smart guy with a really weird accent, <laughs> you know, explain. Then when you go to a functional medicine person who knows about all this stuff, they're like, oh, wow, you're totally down with the research. You've probably already started getting into your diet. And you're not, you know, bathing in iodine and you're being careful around chlorine and, you know, other things. And uh, let's get you that lab test so that we can cover whether or not it's inflammatory, whether or not it's autoimmune, whether or not it's uh, got to do with liver clearance or your microbiome in your gut, because everything's connected. Sorry. It, it just strikes me that the whole idea around um,
0: doing things with functional medicine as someone who's got an illness that they want to treat uh, means um, literally um, like grabbing hold of the steering wheel and driving, you know, as opposed to being somebody in the backseat of
1: the bus and you're in a foreign town and you don't know where the driver is and he doesn't speak English. No, yeah, well, I mean, there's <laughs> that. But I mean, the functional medicine bus is where we all ter- take turns driving and take turns choosing the song. Yeah. Because, I mean, with... That's been my experience with this over the last probably almost 20 years is you can't force people to get ahead of where they're at. Mm -hmm. So it's for me, it's sort of of the indigenous thing about being two-legged. There's a left foot and a right foot. I take a step, I'm the right foot. Then I want them to take a step not only to where I am, but a step ahead of me because that's what walking requires. (laughs) So if they start moving ahead in the direction we need to go, then I'm going to say, okay, good. Now I'm going to take a step farther than where you're at and encourage you and kind of inspire you to move in this direction more, right?
0: And, and, and as much as you say that, and as much as I've had my own experience with dealing with medicine and health in this way, um, I still have this kind of um, uh, alarm bell or heebie-jeebies or something like that that goes off when it says, yeah, but wait a minute, if I learn all this stuff on the internet and then I go see this doctor and tell him what I learned on the internet, they're going to think I'm a
1: nut job think it really depends on the doctor and where you learned what you learned on the internet. Because if you learned, I'm probably gonna screw up this guy's name, but if you're watching, say, the thyroid sessions and you're watching a guy named Alessio Fasano, if I have his name right, he's the guy who invented an entire new paradigm of using science and lab testing so if you came to me as a patient and said oh yeah i watched you know dr fasano talk about this you know new new form of lab work for auto antibodies and stuff like that i'm going to be the big smiling clinician going oh you're i want to just rub you on the head or give you a big hug or here's five (laughs) bucks for being (laughs) a really smart primate because you're out there accessing the leading edge of medical science Mm. it's one thing to go and well, I, I, I guess I can't I, I can't pick anybody without sounding like a jerk. But the corollary would be, oh, yeah, I was on the internet, you know, and I saw this uh, shaman, vegan, such and such levitating, you know, person who lives on fruit 10 months a year and doesn't breathe for the other two months or something, you know, blah, blah. And I really want to try it. You know, obviously you're as far in left field as you can go Mm -hmm. with respect to how science sees things. And I'm not picking on any of those things. I was just randomly grabbing stuff out of my head to just sort of make fun of.
0: You mean we're not doing the Breatharian episode next time?
1: (laughs) Maybe next year I'm I'm going (laughs) to hang out with Wim Hof a little bit and work on my breatharian skills. (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For those of you listening, Wim Hof is uh, the Iceman. Just get on the old YouTube and Google Wim Hof and uh, what he does in order to breathe so that he can actually swim under the ice caps in just uh, a speedo.
1: The guy takes groups of people up the Himalayas in their shorts. Yeah, it's just incredible. Just saying, you know, there's... Breath work is cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. In, in some regards, it is. Okay, okay. And, and I guess, um, um, I, you know, the, the whole idea around functional medicine 101, I really want to kick the t- the tires, you know, uh, on the, this whole idea of what functional medicine is because I think it's important for people to realize that it's possible to actually be in control of their own lives and their own, their
1: own health, mm. you know. So I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I say this meh, probably to half of my new patients. Uh, so I'm in my office, we're sitting in chairs on the wall next to the chairs is all my diplomas and degrees and blah, blah, blah. I often just say, you know what I'd really like to do is go over here and scratch out the word doctor and then write over it in really fun, like tagged kind of graffiti letters, detective. Cause if I'd rather be a detective of medicine than a doctor of medicine, because that's what I do. Hmm. I'm not a diagnostic robot. My job is to sit there and like Sherlock Holmes, figure stuff out. But if I'm Sherlock Holmes and you're my partner in crime or healing or something, you're Dr. Watson. I mean, it's team effort. You got to be on the internet researching stuff. It's part of your job. Mm. I'm actually going to send you links to websites and YouTube videos to help you do your job. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's it's it's
0: such a, a treat to hear that, that I can actually do something for myself. I mean, yeah. that's that's empowering as all hell.
1: Yeah. I, I want to take it past empowering. Mm okay, left foot, take your step. Let's go, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, and, and let's see what happens. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be like a manic free for all. I mean, some of us are crawling, not, you know, we don't really have get up and go. We have, you know, inchworm by, you know, inch to get where we're going. But, you know, however it is you're moving, if you're moving ahead and looking ahead, then you're not looking back. And that's been the biggest lesson in my life as a patient, as a clinician, as a human being, as a meditator, as a person with PTSD. The more I look back and identify with the past and what it meant and what I think it's doing with me now, the more it's true. Yeah. The more I decide, you know, I kind of have to leave the past in the past most of the time. It's nice to reflect and recapitulate if I'm in a meditative space, but for the most part, if I'm really trying to make something happen in my life, whatever it is, health, entrepreneurial stuff, taking care of my kid you can't be effective looking forward while you're always looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, and one one practice I often offer people in that sense is, you know, imagine that you have a, a rear view mirror and you keep it in your pocket. And every once in a while, as you're walking down the day of your life, you just pull out your rear view mirror, look in your past and say, I know you're there. I, I get that. you know, I could only be here because of you but I don't need you right now to get where I'm going. So thanks for the the advice, the support, and the lessons, but until I actually need more from you, I need less from you, Mm. you know? And that's the big, for me, the big empowerment is getting out of the the passive waiting to see what's wrong and getting into the active uh, detective work of why. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, on a profoundly different level, if you are gonna change your life and lifestyle to that degree, you're going to have to figure out your what's and how's and why's on mindset. Because until you're living your why as an authentic being in the world, doing what you feel is really your deeper purpose and, you know, your happiness, you're missing a bit of the point. Yeah. You know, and I'm not suggesting that from a place of judgment. I'm saying that as like, you know, a new friend. I'd love to help you figure out your why or give you some you know, fun questions to ask or some exercises to get into, because once that becomes kind of like what it's about, the past doesn't matter. What's in your way doesn't matter. It's how how well you can learn to get good at moving through obstacles and being creative and passionate and curious and consistent. Because it doesn't matter if you're trying to make a newest website, mousetrap to make a million bucks, or finally turn off your lupus you gotta be doing it from the why, medically mm. and from the why, call it spiritually, or from a mindset place. Because that's, I think, a big part of what illness is. It's like, you're grinding. You're grinding away here. You're stressing yourself out. You're not living a joyous, passionate, creative life. You're you're resentful, you're guilty, you're ashamed, you're burdened. Mm. You know, whatever it is that, that, you know, your parents decided to train you how to think about yourself. <laughs> you know, but once you start to look for your freedom as a being, that's where your health comes back. Cause it's often, I think on a certain level, why people get sick is mm-hmm. all right, honey, we're going to park you on the couch for a couple of years and give you some stuff to feel and think about and tell you, shake off whatever it is that's holding you back. And I'm not saying that's true of everybody. I'm just saying for me, that's the big goosebumps, happy moment. It's like, you're starting to see this is really about you not mm-hmm. just about your lab tests and your breakfast cereal or lack of any kind of cereal ever again for the rest of your life. <laughs>
0: you, you, you know, I, I have um, I have an understanding, um, a fairly good understanding of the mechanics that actually work in my guts mm-hmm. and um, how everything sort of connects and works together and, and, and all that sort of thing. But the, one of the bigger sort of aha moments for me around my health mm-hmm was when I realized um my motivations for actually doing what I did that wasn't good for my health and, yeah, and that's a big one yeah, like the motivations <laughs> that actually like um how do I put it succinctly um, food that I ate when I was a kid um no longer tastes as good as it does or it did, and the reason why is because where it's coming from when I ate that food, you know comfort food mm-hmm. um was crap junk food and stuff uh fed me in ways at that time that it didn't serve the mechanical part of me any good um but i also know that uh, if i eat better i think and feel better and i mean that's been a huge aha And, And
1: and that's that's true for everybody but until you're a few months into the the new marriage with vitality food and a lack of crap um it's it's all pie in the sky so, yeah. I mean, one thing I often ask people is, do you respond better to being encouraged or to being dared? Hmm. Um, do you mind answering that? I think I've actually asked you that before. but um, Yeah, dares don't really do this Yeah, me. so for some people, they, they, they're, I don't know, spank me if I'm bad kind of thing, <laughs> but a lot of people prefer encouragement. But, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, until someone can encourage you out of what's discouraging you, and that's going to be you too, I mean, you have to be encouraging for yourself, you're not going to even imagine anything mm-hmm. different. You're just going to be happy with your Dorito-laden, you know, beer-swilling prison, whatever it turns out to look like. <laughs> Mine was a bread, bread-laden bread <laughs> bed. <laughs> okay, so I, I used to have a problem with really dark English beer and Doritos Nice Saturday afternoon yeah. in front of the football game <laughs> or something. Yeah, let, let's, let's just take this as, as, <laughs> as a segue
0: here. I think ultimately what it is we're on about here with this podcast is... Um, the, you know, the Fusion Health Radio Health Lifestyle Mindset Detective podcast that we are, is to actually uh, have our listeners um,
1: uh, care enough about themselves to actually want to take care of themselves in some way, right? I would say they already must, even if they're shy about caring for themselves, because they're spending time listening to people who might be like breadcrumbs towards the future. Right. Right. So I wouldn't say that if, if you're listening to this, yes, this keep going more podcasts not just us yeah you know find those sessions online start learning stuff
0: Mm -hmm. well and and i I wanted to sort of uh take this i guess as an opportunity to talk about uh whatever it is that we're doing with Mm -hmm. the podcast um this technically is episode uh 43 Mm -hmm. and i think we've actually recorded about 50 or so uh, i've
1: only did christmas episode i've done a few blogcasts. yeah that sort of thing some things
0: um and we're finally at the place where we have Actually, want to say to people,
1: um, can you help us out with this? Well, now we're sitting in a studio with lights, with mics, with cameras, with the software to actually do video and audio. Yep. So now we're doing it every week, which is so awesome to be like. I love that kind of rhythm in my life. So it's like, okay, Sunday afternoon, me and Anthony sit down doing our thing. This is legit, man. <laughs> it's legit. But at the same time. Um, we're looking to build a kind of community with all of the people who are listening to this to mm. help guide us, but also, you know, it's a family thing. You ask us questions, we answer the questions, then you can ask more questions. If you're new, we'd love to hear your questions.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think the, has, the podcast uh, has grown organically just because of our own sort of um, capacity to plug in a few more lights and do all this kind of technical stuff. Mm. Uh, absolutely. And the listenership has grown. I mean, the stats say that we're being listened to uh, right around the world, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but there's other levels that we can go to with this. Uh, and I'm excited to see what we can do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that, uh, Michael and I sort of came up with before we came to the microphones today, that today's episode is sponsored by you. Yep. You, and, and the thank, listener. Uh, thanks you. for listening. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you, and you over there. Um, And uh, we could use a little bit of financial help in order to uh, make that uh, a bigger reality for our listeners and for ourselves to uh, do it in a way where we actually have decent chairs and lights and a studio and all the other kind of technical things we do. Uh, We recently set up a Patreon page. Um, Patreon, if you're not familiar with that, is a website that allows uh, people like you uh, to support uh, people like us uh, to continue to do creative works. Uh, and in this case it's a podcast Mm -hmm. Um, you can support via patreon uh, people who are artists of all different kinds including podcasters Uh, we'd like you to focus on these two (laughs) podcasters first (laughs) Um, i'm gonna grab the screen here and take people on a bit of a tour um, and show you if you're watching this video um, we actually have a uh, fusion health radio Patreon page. So patreon.com slash Fusion Health Radio. You go there and you can see we're creating a podcast. Uh, the way it works, uh, we're asking for people's uh, financial support at different levels. Um, you can support us for as little as uh, peanuts a day, 23 cents a day, a- and on up. Um, Michael and I sort of looked at how it is that uh, we do things and Part of whatever it is that we're up to with the podcast only goes so far. So we wanted to be able to offer you more of what you've already been getting. And as a patron, somebody who supports us financially, you'd be getting something that um, uh, might include some exclusive content. Something that goes over and above what you get just by downloading the podcast or by watching the, uh, the video uh, of it as well. Um, we came up with these different levels. A bronze level um, Fusion Health Radio patron uh, for as little as uh, 23 cents a day. Uh, we'll give you a shout out. Uh, that works out to a $7 a month uh, contribution. A silver level uh, patron, 39 cents a day, and uh, you'll get that shout out. Plus, you'll get a free copy of uh, Michael's uh, ebook, Cookbook, Returning to an Ancestral Diet. Plus, uh, access to a pre recorded episode of our exclusive patron only monthly question and answer podcast, which is something that we're working on. Mm-hmm.
1: I think we're going to do that next week just as an experiment. Yeah, yep.
0: that'll be kind of fun. Uh, that's a $12 a month contribution to what we're up to, um, gold level, take it a little bit, uh, a step higher than that. for 62 cents a day. You would still get that Q and a, uh, broadcast. You'd still get the thank you, um, and Michael's, uh, ebook plus, uh, you'd get access to that Q and a live. So you'd actually be able to participate.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Just to really, I, I, it's like oral exams where people are just like, And what does this mean or what does that do? And you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's so dig in, into it. So
0: instead of just sitting there, you can actually uh, book a time to uh, sit down with Michael and I and um, I'll do less of the talking. He'll do more of the answering of questions because mm-hmm. uh, you'll be asking him the questions instead of me. Um, and that's a $19 a month contribution. Uh, we have a platinum level, but we also talked about including something in between there.
1: Yeah, so we, we just got into the these details in the last few days. And I was thinking about this last night because i um, on a completely different track of what I'm up to uh, through my clinic and stuff as I'm doing a series of uh, kind of a spring presentation series, which I'm going to probably just project into the rest of the year. So uh, basically every month I'm going to be doing a 90 minute to two hour talk the first one's going to be uh, called preventing and reversing alzheimer's or sorry no autoimmune disease then we're going to do uh, the next week preventing and reversing alzheimer's and then uh, cancer and then uh, cardiovascular disease and i think after that diabetes uh obesity so basically every month for the next while um, i'm going to be doing well it's going to be every week for about five weeks and then after that it's going to be every month because i just want to build up some Uh, recordings in case I have to do some traveling or miss some miss a a month but the idea with this is uh people get a a 90 minute um kind of condition specific uh, deep dive into exactly what it is what we know about it uh, what the lab testing is involved what standard uh, practice through say western medicine would be in the sense of treatment and then probably most of the conversation is going to be you know lifestyle mindset diet uh, exercise supplements, uh, you know, unique lab tests that are out there. Um, and I'm super excited about that because it's, um, I think that content is going to be invaluable for, for people. Um, and it's not going to be free. So, uh, even people locally who are going to be coming to do, uh, those talks, it's going to be 15 bucks to 25 bucks sliding scale per talk. So I think we were just going to add 10 or 11 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month uh to the patreon thing so you'd be getting you know 15 to 25 dollar you know basic webinar uh for 10 bucks and not only is that i think you know a reasonable deal what this is really about for me is about building a gradually deepening relationship of community and direction with people because if we have q a's regularly with our listeners that's going to direct the theme of the conversation Mm -hmm. and we're going to know That that's what people are actually listening for, right? And as we do more Q and A's and then get more into those uh, monthly deep dives into different conditions, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to have more clinicians being on board a little bit too. So now we're going to have a a bigger community of people who have maybe more medical experience and or people who are more deeply um, and more specifically dealing with these kind of conditions. So again you know, we mentioned kind of going down the road on a bus. Now the bus has a really specific direction. We all know why we're on the bus. We know what this month's bus trip is about. And the focus is going to be on making sure that our conversations aren't just, um, and I'm not saying we're not doing a, you know, a really good thing here, but instead of just sort of picking what may seem like random topics to speak to as a podcast we're basically going to be grabbing each other by the hands hopefully you know 10 20 30 people or more (laughs) and running in a direction towards resolving chronic degenerative autoimmune and other complex illnesses uh, as a community Mm -hmm. and um I i had an experience recently that just sort of popped that open for me that I, I just didn't really get that this was a big part of social media and podcasting and YouTube channels is instead of me thinking of it as like a weekend workshop where I'm here to explain gluten or vitamin B12 or something, it's like, okay, this is us. This I, There's going to be these people. I'm going to know their names. I'm going to know their, their needs. I'm going to know their sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, because we're going to have time to interact on live during the Q&A. And then... I'm back. I think that makes 29 bucks a month. It's 29 for, at that level. Yeah. Looking at the
0: screen here. Um, and then, uh, the platinum level, um, before I even get into that, I, th- I think it just needs to be reiterated that, um, we're asking for people to support us uh, financially so that we can, uh, continue to, uh, improve, uh, the direction that we're taking around sharing this medical information in support of you, the listener mm-hmm. and the viewer, if you're watching. And, um, if you're the kind of person who can, uh, can afford that, uh, I think this would be a, a real um, kick in the pants in a good way to yeah. uh, you know boosting your health in a direction that's actually good for you because you'll have access to this information. Now, all of that said, if you're somebody that just likes to listen to the podcast
1: and you're not at that level, that's totally fine. Yeah, we would. I would not. I don't think I would ever be comfortable making this an exclusive thing entirely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and. Now, to get back to somebody who can actually afford it and may actually wanna go that that level further, the Platinum level as I've got it here um, involves uh, getting all the freebies uh, or all the things that I said uh, initially, uh, a shout out, uh, Michael's ebook, uh, live access to the, um, uh, the patron only podcast, the uh, discussions um, platform that you just uh, talked about there, Michael, as well.
1: Um, it includes a 90 minute session with Michael Yeah, this is something I'm really excited about doing. And when it comes to medical licensing and patient-doctor relationships and stuff like that, uh, effectively what that would mean is that some people who really do feel that, um, you know, whatever my knowledge base is and however our conversations make um, sense to people, You know, if you're you're feeling like, yeah, these people are helping me, you know, think this through, but you really want to be more precise, then basically I'm suggesting, well, why not just become my patient? You know, we'll go through the, the typical kind of functional medicine slash Chinese medicine thing online, spend an hour or two doing a deep dive about you and, and track things down. And then whatever we're going to get into for content is going to be naturally influenced by those, those new patients that I have, uh, that are specific to this interface, Mm -hmm. right? Because then if I have, say there's 10 people who are like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. And you're going to, you're saving like a silly amount of money to, to, to set up your, um, medical support that way. (laughs) Um, and that doesn't really matter to me cuz I'm not in it for the money in a big way but if if you're basically my patient and you're listening to this show regularly it's our show mm-hmm. it's our conversation you know and i'm not suggesting everyone who listens to this consider that relationship cuz you're going to get the benefit of the i don't know what you may call the the obviously natural kind of inductive process of this is where modern medicine is failing us. This is where most people who are seeking help are stuck. And here's a whole bunch of information that's going to help all of us in that, whether or not you're my patient or you're just, uh, kind of a fan of learning kind of my perspective on functional medicine or, or however that works, or if you just, you're, you're just much more comfortable just being, um, you know, the, the our listener of the free podcast, But no matter which way it goes, this is going to add the perfect manure for the flowers we grow, so to speak, uh, because (laughs) it's made of everyone involved, especially all of the listeners, Mm -hmm. right? And the people who are invested in this relationship to actually maximize all of our potential, the listener, myself, yourself, and anything else that happens. I think when we start getting into that more uh, advanced, focused direction on solving clinical problems, we're gonna start interviewing other specialists say, okay, we're going to get in David Perlmutter on here and really get into this whole grain, brain, neurological inflammation and why rectal suppositories of probiotics may save you from ever needing brain surgery or something, you know? So that, <laughs> that way, you know, we're, we're not only just saying, come on, give us some cash and listen to Mike Blather on about whatever. It's about, you know, let's all co-invest our time together on making the most of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited about that idea because no, I've always kind of been one of these outsider weird people. I don't belong because of where I grew up. And I've been feeling this really weird kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say romantic, but like really, really gooey idea. Just like, wow, imagine doing what we're doing every Sunday with an entire tribe of people that are all going in the same direction, passionate about exactly the same questions and answers and ideas.
0: Yeah, there's something kind of awesome about being able to um, include the listener um, and the viewer, I guess, uh, with whatever it is that we're up to, uh, because all of a sudden it makes... Um, it makes this make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not just sort of talking into the wind. Uh, we're actually talking, uh, to people and having a conversation with them. Uh, and then other people can just sort of tune in, yeah. uh, as they, as they like. Um, again, the, the idea around, uh, getting uh, financial support to, to do this through Patreon for me is about, uh, upping the technical capacity of what we're able to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys can't see it, but um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse
1: setup that Michael and I have here. We, um, we, we're we going to take a picture of this, and yeah. we'll put it in the show notes just so you guys can... It, it'll be the before. As, as our extended family, like, okay, this is where we really, this was where we were born. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> the back of a van. <laughs> yeah, something like that. A little reed basket
0: floating down a river, maybe, or something. <laughs> How biblical. <laughs> yeah, that's well, good for you for catching that. Um, so, yeah, we want to, I want to take this uh, to a place where... Um, we're able to uh, talk to other people. People um, interviews, uh, perhaps even have uh, that filmed in some way. If we have mm-hmm. somebody in studio with us, like there's a lot of things that we can do technically.
1: Yeah, I would love to set that up. Yeah, uh,
0: and in order to do that, uh, we just need a few
1: couple of cameras, a lot of wiring. Yeah, there's a there's <laughs> a recipe list. Editing boards. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we just want to have like a Joe Rogan podcast, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe for sure. And I'm just going to throw this out there because, well. Maybe once a year, once or whenever, we could do a sort of internet smarty pants, how to kick butt as an entrepreneur online with Anthony Sana, who turns out to know his stuff about all things, you know, uh, MailChimp and podcast and all that stuff. So maybe once in a while, because I don't know, I think... Anyone who wants to do a podcast is probably listening to a lot of podcasts. Anyone who's an entrepreneur is going to be learning from all the people a month or a year ahead of them doing the entrepreneur thing. So if there's enough people in a Q&A session, they're like, we want Anthony to teach us WordPress or something. <laughs> well, then, that should be one of the shows. Yeah, I'm getting all nervous about
0: that, but. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. It's all on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're the mouthpiece here, not me. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to uh, contribute something if that was um, that was the case. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing a bit of, uh, I'm stepping out of my uh, bubble, comfort zone, whatever it is, teaching a few classes this year on MailChimp and yeah. podcast with uh, Community Futures here in town, so that'll be kind of
1: fun. Yeah, so um, we're getting close to sort of the end of what I would consider a reasonable amount of time for a podcast, so what we should do next, I think, is Functional Medicine 201 and actually go through... The sort of sequential thing that I, I, thought we would have had time to do today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be uh, it'll be part two of this podcast then. How's yep, that?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Um, was there anything more that you wanted to say just to sort of wrap up the whole idea of what we talked about today with uh, functional medicine?
1: Anything we missed? I love this stuff. Hmm. I, I just love the fact that I can have exactly the same heart mind relationship with my patients from a Chinese medicine point of view, while being a badass scientist looking into the future almost of what medical science can do. I mean, it gives me goosebumps just thinking like, what better bookends could you be from the oldest known medical tradition in the world that's still alive and it's very much the same <laughs> with the stuff we're coming up with, you know, three weeks ago. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah, for me, I'm just like, I can't believe that I get to like just do exactly what makes my particular personality and and endeavor of being just thrilled and passionate and excited because yeah,
0: and you get to do a podcast
1: <laughs> and thats that's what this turns out to to really be about and and again, I just want to reiterate the and probably tear up a little bit, but one of the things that. I've noticed in my life, the patient as a human being, but one more importantly, by far, because this is about everybody else, uh, essentially almost everybody I've ever worked with, with chronic disease, but especially with autoimmune disease, doesn't have a very good sense of belonging. Hmm. You know, it's often one of the conversations I have a few weeks into working with people, uh, around shame and, and, and those kind of things. And usually it's a very tearful very deeply personal conversation. So I'm just putting out there that for me, that that's a big part of what has got me charged up about making that transition towards Patreon, because that's a a kind of a a, a social compact. You know, Okay, you give us seven bucks a month and we're going to be here at the microphones every week answering your questions and, and, you know, focusing more on what what makes that happen, because you belong in this too. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not giving us seven bucks or 40 bucks or whatever, Uh, You know, you belong in this because you're interested in it, you know, but there's a part of me that really feels like, wow, what a strange way to build a tribe of belonging, you know, but with a podcast. And then when I sit back and look at it, I'm like, man, I must be a bit daft because that's what every podcast is doing. That's what every YouTube channel is really doing that's really doing it, is Mm -hmm. building community and building purpose and direction and, and flow and support and all that stuff. I mean, I'm just goosebumps all over the place.
0: Well, it's, uh, it's an honor in some way to be part of this. That's the word.
1: You know? It's a humbling honor to serve in that way, knowing that if for whatever bucks a month, people are committed to themselves as well as helping us get a camera or two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've made it this far. Uh, let's see what we can do if we have a few more nickels in our uh, Fusion Health Radio bank account <laughs> to, 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 to take it that much further. So,
1: yeah. And again, just no pressure, people. Yeah, like if you, if this, this is, you know, for you, like I, i just listen when I have time and that's cool. That's absolutely cool. You know, let's, let's just, yeah, Rocco ain't going to be sent to your house to break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to just be doing this cause it's fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's wrap it up there, I guess. Uh, this has been Fusion Health Radio, the health lifestyle and mindset podcast. I'm Anthony Santa. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. Uh, episode 43, Functional Medicine 101, to be continued. Uh, we're gonna do Functional Medicine- 201. 201, 201. I don't ever remember classes like that in grade school. It's all university. Uh, well, yeah. I didn't go to university. Uh, it's, it's
1: numbers, who cares? <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome, uh, good conversation with you today, Michael. Awesome. Take care. You too.
1: You have been listening to Fusion Health Radio. Please add your comments or post a question at Facebook slash Fusion Health Radio.